0: Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never even knew you had. I'm Lina. And I'm Vero. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're
1: talking about Season 4, Episode 1, Everything's Okay.
0: While nothing is okay, if we're honest.
1: It's more of everything's fine. And uh, insert the meme of the dog inside the burning house. This is very the vibe I get. But before we actually get into the season itself, we would like to present you with something very new. Because with new season, we want to introduce a new Patreon tier. Gasp. I know, I'm sorry I have kept it a secret from you, Lina, but here we are. Please tell me more. It's called profit for a mere 25 euro a month you'll get a merchandise item twice a year wow and it's gonna be a different item every time and access to monthly face-to-face virtual hangouts with the two of us with me and you at the same time Especially with you, because you definitely didn't know about this. And I'm just telling you now. Of course. Anyway, if you want more details, and by you, I mean Lena, not the listeners, because the listeners are all over this by now, you make sure to go over to our Patreon and read up on the new tier at patreon.com slash
0: podcast. I'm gonna go there right now and see what no Vinny has promised for me. No, Bye. not now. Not now. <laughs> Dang. Five minutes later... So, now that we have the admin part out of the way, let's get into the episode with my very special summary. The bees, the honey, the denial, the emotions, the twist. Oh, is that it?
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. I am very proud of it. There's not much else to be said though to be honest. It had everything. The suspense. Right? Yeah. Speaking of the suspense and stuff and mainly the denial. It is actually my obsession of the week. Denial. Savesies. Because it works on so many levels. Because he is in denial of being in denial but he thinks that somebody else is in denial so he is obsessed with denial even though he is himself in denial.
0: And the other one is pretending to be in denial while not actually being "'being in denial.' And it's just brilliant. So we start off the season with a perfect match one of one in Obsession of the Week. And this time I'm going to actually start keeping track of that because I didn't the previous seasons. It's fine. (sighs) So let me blow your mind because previous to this episode, we have already talked about how amazing one of the scenes is shot. And Mm so I tell you, this is third time director Sherwin. Shilati who has done God Johnson and Till Death Do Us Part and it is no surprise that this episode is shot as beautifully as it is
1: it explains so much all the details right wow I have I thank you thank you I was hoping it was somebody very good and because it was clearly somebody very
0: very good but so uh, super happy super super happy we also have Joe Henderson return the 11th time as writer nice and this is very, very much, in my opinion, one of his best episodes. Oh yeah, for
1: sure. It's a great episode.
0: And just to show that this season is different, the title is set by Chloe. Yeah, yeah.
1: It is different. It's a different network. We get a little but in the first scene.
0: Oh, I'm i gonna have words on that. But first, <laughs> but, but first, <laughs> but I have some... <laughs> Other facts and funds that I need to get through. So this is the third season opening appearance of Jeremiah Burkett as Lee, aka Mr. Set Out Bitch. He also guest starred in the cold opens for the first episode of season two and three. Isn't it great? Now squeal. I know I know that you
1: hate it but also we had this debate at the beginning of season three like it's just brilliant for them to keep bringing back the one character and just kind of give him his own storyline and story arc kind of like completely disregarding everybody else I am personally hoping they're gonna bring him back and I just want to see what happens next to him
0: I like the idea I hate the execution you're so hard to please She just stuck out her tongue to me for everyone who is not watching us right now. So next up, when Lucifer loads Mr. Sad Out, bitch, arms with gold bars, we can count at least five of them. Considering their dimensions, each one must weigh at least 20 kilos, which would be a total weight of 100 kilos or 220 pounds. This would be way too heavy to be carried in such a manner. I have to say that this
1: is something that I have noticed as well. Because I feel like television often forgets that gold is heavy.
0: Yes. Next up... The comic that Trixie is reading while waiting at the police station when Mace runs into her and then past her is Skyward. And Joe Henderson, who wrote this episode, this was his first foray into writing comics. Ah,
1: that's so cute. Okay, well, with the list of very good fun and facts out of the way, we get to our favorite part that this is the first time it's actually written and created by myself. It's short and sweet, I can tell you that. Called Previously on Lucifer. And uh, Lena hasn't heard that in that accent in a few weeks now. So, and neither did you, actually. So, I hope you enjoyed it. I was, like,
0: on withdrawal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, Charlotte was brutally murdered after her and Dunn finally committed to each other. Dunn is in pain, Ames took Charlotte to heaven and has his wings back, Lucy's devil face is back also, Chloe saw it, Linda and Mace made up and Trixie wasn't in enough scenes. That is a
0: very short but a very thorough summary. <laughs> Nice.
1: Good work. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I'm gonna put myself on my back. On the sunburned y- back. Thank you. Oh yeah. No, I'm
0: <laughs> it's
1: more of a shoulder there.
0: And we start this new season with a song. Yeah, yes, we do. And I noticed because Lucifer is singing <laughs> it, so even I could not miss it. <laughs> and when he starts singing and I recognize the song, uh-huh. My First notice, vero? This better be your devils in the music.
1: I hope I didn't disappoint you because I indeed did a little dive on this song called "Creep" by Radiohead originally,
0: and I hope that I gave you some information that you didn't know, absolutely. And I have to say, this might be my favorite version of the song. I love the original.
1: I'm a sucker for originals in general. I yeah. yeah. But, but Tom Ellis does an amazing job in this. And I feel it works even better just for the sheer fact of the lyrics relating to Lucifer's mindset right now. And the way it is shot, we get the camera circling him. We get the changes of light. The jump cuts are so well done. You can tell that the time is passing. You can see his hair is getting a little bit more unruly over the time and unhinged. It's brilliant. He's getting
0: disheveled. So the song ends because someone is holding a gun to his head. It is Mr. Setout Bitch and I forgot that he
1: existed again because the season Same. 3 was longer than half of my life and yeah, it's Mr. Setout Bitch and somehow Lucifer knows who he is immediately and I was just amused. I know that you hate it, we've talked about it in the Fox and Fun, but Jesus, it's so funny. Then we get the whole fight scene where Lucifer kind of, the things that we assume watching the song when we get to think oh yeah it's been a while we get to see that he is clearly not okay singing this specific song makes us think okay Chloe probably didn't take the devil face that well and a whole lot of these things we just kind of assume but he goes on to this monologue and he pretty much confirms everything that we can kind of gather from the song
0: usually I'm not a fan of exposition dumps but this one is done really well Mm
1: -hmm. now we have have followed lucifer's exposition dump and we have seen the beautiful choreography of the fight which is very very good and he screams at mr set out bitch and dude is like oh i'm just a thief i'm only a thief or something like that and you can see that lucifer is like oh but you're not just a thief There's other things to you than that. And in this moment, I'm like, ah, this is what we're going to be doing this season or this episode. We're going to be finding reasons why Lucifer is not just the devil. And I like that.
0: And the spiral starts with him handing over gold and money and a crown. I mean, the crown was a really, really nice touch. Absolutely. And then he decides, well, I left you naked, so let's take off my pants and for some reason lucifer does not wear underwear in season four did he wear underwear in the previous seasons i'm pretty sure when he stripped for the homeless dude it was in, in season one yeah he handed over pants and under things possibly i'm pretty sure so we now move over to a dialogue that i had issues Or trouble with Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm willing to believe That Lucifer does not hold a grudge I understand and agree That he's not human And he deflects by saying Of course I'm not holding a grudge Who do you think I am? Human But I'm not completely on board That he truly does not hold a grudge Against Maze's betrayal
1: So I actually noted this bit as well I really liked it To be honest Because I feel that it kind of gives us a little bit of a reminder of the fact that Mace and Lucifer have a very special relationship that doesn't just get broken up because one of them decides to kill the other, if I'm gonna just... But actually that's
0: genuinely what just happened. But it's the second time she betrayed him.
1: I mean yeah, but also I feel like he understands where she's coming from and I feel their relationship is based on more than just some things
0: that happen in whatever. So you be believe him you believe him that he's genuinely not holding a grudge yeah I believe him my vote has not been cast yet I'm torn Mm. well
1: I mean you could go on the not believing him part and then we could place a bet now and see who's correct
0: I'm not sure of either side yet not sure oh, enough that okay. I'm willing to place a bet
1: well we'll definitely just gonna keep an eye on that because this seems like a nice potential of me being right also this
0: sounds like a perfect option for a poll ooh that is true let's do it as a poll we'll see what else comes up and the final thing mm-hmm. of the scene mm-hmm. was extremely important to me because it is now finally explicitly verbalized and acknowledged that has has not yet apologized to Trixie. Which,
1: by the way, does not really track. Exactly! Because she has babysat her.
0: My question, exactly. So, question. If she indeed did babysit Trixie and has not apologized yet, do you think Trixie gave her the silent treatment during the babysitting? Must have. There is no other way
1: this could have happened. Right? Otherwise. I'm not fan of the fact that they said that she hasn't apologized to her because then they just should have left out the babysitting part it feels incoherent
0: I think the babysitting part Was made to show That Mace and Chloe Were back on a certain level
1: Yes But But I agree with you They're disregarding A character And yeah. their feelings And that's not okay And I understand That's probably Because of The whole uh, Ending season 3 So many episodes Blah blah Moving this show To a new Like you know it, Things get lost In translation all the time
0: I mean If we ever meet Uh, what's the actress name of Trixie Uh, Scarlett Uh, Estabas yes I think if we ever meet her then my question to her would be what did Trixie do during this babysitting to torture Mace for being mm-hmm. mean to her.
1: Because she must have. She must right? have done something. And Mace was so wrapped up in her own bullshit at the time. That she didn't fight back. That's the only explanation.
0: That would be my question for her to see what her answer would be. If we ever meet her.
1: Or we could ask Leslie
0: We could also ask Leslie anne But this is a question I'd rather have answered, answered by, yeah. by Scarlet. Yeah, that's fair. I'm gonna put it on the list because we never know what happens. Well, now we go st-
1: strangely to a crime scene. We do have a song playing in the changing of the scenes. It's called Stole My Heart by Beasts With No Name. It is a band I have been around before. So I'm just gonna keep my eyes open and ears open if they're gonna have more mentions. And maybe I eventually get to look into this band. But now we go to the crime scene and it just made me so sad. This entire scene, like from the beginning to to the end. I was just sad and sadder and mad and madder and sad again. And it was just...
0: I was initially surprised that we go to a crime scene Mm. and for a very very short second I thought oh maybe Lucifer teamed up with Dan in Chloe's absence because last season made it extremely explicit that Lucifer and Dan are friends Mm -hmm. and lucifer suffering because chloe is gone and dan probably suffering since charlotte is gone my assumption was well if lucifer is going to the crime scene he probably teamed up with dan
1: because they are both suffering and they can help each other through it right
0: yeah and because they're friends Uh uh-huh and so i was very disappointed when this wasn't it Mm -hmm. and then it's not only not that but dan is a ginormous dick to Lucifer and only to Lucifer. I know. Which, in my opinion, makes no sense. And they better explain why it's only Lucifer that gets the douche treatment from Dan.
1: Yeah. I do have this later on as well though when they talk at the precinct. But there is just zero reason. Something must have happened between the two of them or like in Dan's eyes. It feels like Dan is blaming Lucifer for Charlotte's death. This is what it feels like. And this is not what we've seen. There's nothing to base this on. Yeah. It makes zero sense.
0: Dan's behavior Behavior towards Lucifer makes zero sense. Let's move on with judging the writing. (laughs) Because Ella explicitly says that she is still not straight with God, Uh but her crosses back out. It was made so explicit when she put it away. Mm -hmm. that we're on probation and so to me it felt inconsistent that she says we're still not good but I'm back to wearing it out I feel
1: like this was done deliberately I feel like she is trying to find her way back but she is struggling so she is still not ready to accept him back but she is trying to she is doing the work so it didn't bother me. I did notice it. I did notice that it's out and it's in plain sight. But
0: same as with Dan, if we get a satisfying evolution with this, I'm gonna be very, very grateful and happy and then apologize for my judging. My final complaint in this scene mm-hmm. is that I was a bit disappointed that they didn't play with Chloe not looking at Lucifer more.
1: That was so this is the first red flag after chloe comes back straight away first thing that i notice that not only she doesn't say hello to him but she doesn't even fucking look at him yeah and i'm like ah there's gonna be something in there and then she just kind of goes off to do the work and interview the the woman the laundry mats person what's her name oh i didn't Lev- levander no i have written down later on so she goes into interviewing the wife, and Leonor. Dis- oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's why laundry man, because there is a there is a laundry detergent called Lenor and this is what <laughs> always came up. Yeah, that's true. So Leonor is getting interviewed by Chloe. Chloe just completely dis- disregards Lucifer, and honestly. I- I- I'm not surprised that he behaves the way he, de- he does because she does not seem okay. She no, is no, definitely I'm... acting weird and he's completely thrown off by this behavior and I'm there with him. I'm also very thrown off.
0: That is not my issue. My issue is she walks up to Lucy and Ella and mm-hmm. in the conversation with Ella she very very deliberately looks anywhere but Lucifer mm-hmm. but even before she leaves them she looks at him and that what I found a bit disappointing because I would have preferred it if she had not only not talked to him in this moment, but also not looked at him. And only when he basically forces her to be aware of him and to interact with him, then have her look at him and talk with him. Only then have her engaging with him. Mm. So this is a tiny complaint, but I found it surprising that she looked at him while he was still standing with Ella. Yeah, that I see where you're coming from. I don't only have complaints i also have a bushel of adoration and praise i haven't heard that word in a very long time i found it was hilarious so because lauren german chloe in uh-huh. this scene uh-huh. wow she's very good she is great in this entire episode but here she kept me guessing every second mm-hmm. because lauren german manages in this scene to at least for my perception to deliver a really perfect believable happy chloe while maintaining a complete weird flatness Mm -hmm. to the performance. Yeah. And it fits so well.
1: Yeah, it feels like she's behaving right, like the way you expect her, but also there's something about her that just throws you off. Well, Lucifer agrees with us. So he runs off to Linda's and right after
0: the title card.
1: We get to Linda's for the first time and we see their relationship and I'm over the moon that she is still trying to help him, but she is trying to find different approaches. And Yes,
0: which made me so happy.
1: I know, because you've mentioned suggested exactly this. these approaches the before. So I am very much on Lucifer's side where I agree that Chloe's non-reaction doesn't seem right and there's something going on and there's something she's not telling him, but also I can see Linda's side where she is concerned by the fact that Lucifer doesn't want to talk about his devil face coming back. I love that her first concern is Lucifer because he is her patient and it just makes her a good therapist. I wonder, does Chloe know that Linda knows. And no. second question that gets answered later on in the episode, does she know that Mace is a demon? Because how would she really know unless Lucifer told her before and she remembers and now it all became canon knowing seeing his devil
0: face. Pretty sure Mace also said herself that she's a demon. Yeah. yeah. So she didn't
1: believe it before but by seeing Lucifer's devil face everything clicked into place and now she knows yeah. who everybody is. However she doesn't know that Linda is in the know.
0: I am pretty sure she doesn't know that.
1: We don't have that confirmed anyway. In, in our eyes, we haven't seen her yep. knowing this information. So this is kind of interesting. I think that she should talk to Linda. Yes. I think... For numerous reasons, Linda should
0: be the one to reach out to Chloe.
1: Yes, so I'm expecting to see this. Hoping to see this.
0: But Linda isn't there yet where she actively interferes with the relationships of her clients. And in a normal setting, she is absolutely right in her point of view and approach. But in this exceptional circumstance... I agree with you. The healthiest and most constructive approach for everyone involved would be Linda reaching out to Chloe mm-hmm. because she is human. Mm-hmm. She doesn't pose a threat, mm-hmm. even in theory, to Chloe. And she can relate. She can empathize.
1: Yes. So that's the thing. Like, to me, it's not Linda meddling in Lucifer's relationship, more of a Linda helping out a friend, because they are friends, and reaching out to her and making sure that Chloe
0: is okay. But since Linda is at least now starting to try slightly different approaches, maybe she's going to get there at some point. She also believes Amenadiel's theory that Lucifer shared With her, and Mm -hmm. she tries to use it in therapy, which I also very much appreciated. I did not appreciate that she calls it self actualizing because that is not what it is. It is unconscious influence. That it is.
1: (laughs) I also really liked and was actually surprised by because I thought that they did not go that direction the fact that Lucifer owns up to the fact that he actually killed Cain that he's not trying to find and weasel his way out of it the way that we debated I think we probably talked about it in the summoning episode as well I'm not 100% sure. I don't
0: remember the summoning episode I might have been Same
1: same but I'm pretty sure that we mentioned it in the finale where I thought that they were gonna go the route where Lucifer is gonna pretend. And that technically he did not kill Cain because Cain was killed with his own hand.
0: I make my opinion on that very, very clear and so I was not surprised. <laughs> he is owning up to it
1: and... I forgot is he though he is yeah he said I did that I killed him yeah
0: but he glosses over the fact he does not owning up to me would also mean that he acknowledges the tremendous side effects Uh, yes but because he
1: doesn't want to talk about the consequences of this so he
0: acknowledges that yes he did kill him but that's the only step. Like, he does half a step and not even a full step.
1: <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want to talk about the consequences. He accepts the facts, but not the consequences. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of a big thing. And then I noticed, and this is the second time I noticed the directing, we get a lot of close-ups in the episode. We get a lot of, oh, like, yes. closed-faced, just eyes and stuff like that. And it just helps with the um, atmosphere of the episode itself and... And the intensity of the emotion. It's brilliant. They start here and then they are used when we get
0: the scene swap we go into the lab with these over-the-top close-ups Yeah. as brilliant as it is and as reasonable I hate this technique because it makes me personally very uncomfortable why? I don't know I hate it I hate extreme close-ups I don't mind them I see what they're doing it makes sense I agree with everything you said but personally thank you no (laughs) oh no
1: that's fair enough everybody has their own personal preference
0: in this scene Ella talks about varietals in honey and if you want to know more what varietals are and why ella is half right and half wrong when she says you know blueberry honey cinnamon honey you need to listen to this week's devils in the details
1: mm-hmm. ah yeah i love ella and do you know what i don't understand though in this scene this is the no. last thing i have on this scene i don't understand why chloe looks so uncomfortable when lucifer keeps bringing up that he is the devil and this is yet another red flag about Coley's behavior. Because it, if she is okay with it, as she claims, she should be fine with Lucifer talking to everybody because she, from first experience, knows that people do not believe him unless they have proof or unless whatever.
0: I agree that it is one of the red flags because she manages to keep this weirdness about her performance. But looking at it logically, she is never a fan when he's being a fucking smartass.
1: But he's not being a smartass. He just kind of brings up that he's the devil about 50 times. He's
0: being... A- annoying little shit and repetitive i mean yes so it makes sense it fits her character it fits their usual interaction but it still feels off okay fine 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 but i agree with you it's a red flag definitely it just i didn't understand it but yeah so we go over working the case and at this market chloe really sells her being okay which this is where i started doubting my assuredness that she is not doing well.
1: It feels like she is getting more comfortable in the role that she created for herself.
0: In this moment, I wasn't sure if it was a role or if it was simply awkward. Because this is the first time that they have interacted in four weeks. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is where the awkwardness comes from. And now she's getting back into their usual rhythm. And so this is where I started doubting myself in doubting her. Mm. I see where you're coming from.
1: However, I feel it's just directly connected to the fact that she's getting more comfortable with the role that she chose for herself.
0: Oh yeah, in retrospect, I agree. But in this moment, no. In
1: this moment, to me, what I've written down was, I'm not sure so far how I feel about the new dynamic between the two of them. Because I've noticed there's something different. She seems to be more comfortable, that is true. But it still gives me a weirdness. Because he's trying to push her into seeing and following his superpowers let's say and she seems to be going with it a little bit too much if you know what i mean i feel like normally chloe would be like oh let's be more cautious it feels like she's more comfortable but also it feels like she's now getting a little bit too comfortable you know then we get the dude saying i want bob to die and i was like oh wait a second is this the quickest solve ever that seems weird
0: Way too obvious.
1: Yeah, in that stage, I was like, okay, I have zero idea what's gonna happen. However, mere seconds later, dude shows the bruising on his (laughs) ribs. And I was like, oh, it's the Whitsack case, of course. And then I remembered who Bob actually is, at least vaguely.
0: I didn't remember the details, but very vaguely I remembered. I enjoyed the bag of doorknobs very much because it just seems so fucking random.
1: Yeah. Also, I kind of like the fact that Lucifer comes up with an expertise. Like, oh yeah, I know this type of torture. It's all round and stuff. So I know what this comes from which this is the good way of showing Chloe what powers you have and what does it actually yeah. mean how is it good for them as, and useful. their partnership exactly it's much better than I'm super strong and I'm gonna lift this guy and I don't know how far I can throw a human just yet
0: and speaking of lifting a guy when they realize that they're being stalked and then mm-hmm. they wait for the dude and Chloe goes like okay he's all yours that for me was one of the biggest red flags because mm-hmm. that simply isn't Chloe yeah that is Way too adventurous, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. It is the amplified version of what I was saying earlier in the scene. And this is the moment where, in retrospect, I go, is she more willing to go with his weird whims because she is afraid of what happens if she says no? Oh, that's an interesting take. Maybe. Because previously, when she didn't know, she would say no to him. Yeah, she would. But now she is in a no, and... At the end, obviously terrified of him. Mm -hmm. So I do wonder if this is the reason why she is basically placating him. Mm -hmm.
1: Possibly. Yeah, that's a good thought. I thought that she is just indulging him into using his power because she wants to see what he is actually capable of in order to, I don't know, do
0: recon on him. While I watched this, I was like, she is trying to prove to him that she's comfy with all of him. Mm. So she is more generous in what she allows him to do.
1: Mm. Possible, 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 possible. Before the dudes walks in, I just want to say my... New top 10 Lucy quote is, I've never really seen how far I can actually throw a human. Definitely one of my favorite quotes of this episode. It's just because he's like, oh yeah, I never actually seen. It. Just joking. But you can see that he is actually wondering.
0: But it's the same question like back with the pet shark. The dude has lived for millennia. How has it never come up to throw a a human because i feel like
1: throwing a human can potentially lead to death in hell come on well yeah yeah in hell it would be a different story but we have established that he did not we he was not hands on in hell so i can actually true true
0: true that's the answer to my question i retract my question
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> but now we can finally have the revelation of The witness protection situation.
0: We learned the name Bob the Knob, which, Mm -hmm. I mean, come
1: on! 100% on board with Lucifer mocking. 100%. Yes. And then we had this little moment where Chloe kind of leans in to Lucifer and says... Wow. I understand you were right with the, it's kind of nice to be in the know, whatever. And it kind of half feels like, oh, this is the Chloe and the, you know, glimpse of what they used to have. Normality. Normality, right? But also looking back at it, it's like, what is she doing? Well, it feels like she's working towards a goal that we do not know. And that obviously gets confirmed later on. But yeah, that that's what it feels like. But it was a glimpse of normality. It was a little bit.
0: This is, once again, Lauren German killing this. And as confused as I am with the entirety of it, I am supremely happy that Lauren German is getting the chance to act a broader variety. Deflects her acting muscles. I mean, come on, let's be honest. She is the one that has gotten the least range to portray. And... I am absolutely ecstatic to see Lauren German flex her acting muscles. Yes. And she fucking kills it. And I can't wait to see more of this in the next Mm -hmm. few episodes. So, wow. Yeah. And speaking of flexing your muscles. (sighs) Nice. We go over to Chloe's. And there is Maze sitting in a corner on a chair with handcuffs and I mean come on it was so obvious that these handcuffs were not gonna do shit but it is kind of sweet a gesture
1: yes I agree Chloe seems to go with it And weirdly enough, I was kind of trusting her at the beginning. And then Mace asks about Trixie.
0: Yeah. And this is where it becomes obvious to me. Yeah. That this is all a charade. In this moment, I'm like, did Chloe just lie to her about the reasons why Trixie won't see her? Do you know what the moment for me was? Mm. The sidestep. When Mace tries to pass Chloe... And she does this small step to the side in front of Mace. That was my moment. This is a charade.
1: To me, it was the fact that I know that Trixie as a child is way more perceptive and open-minded than anybody else on the show. And I found it very doubtful that she would not forgive Mace.
0: Oh, yeah. It became very, very clear.
1: I could get behind the fact that she would give her shit. I could get behind the fact that she would like give her attitude for a while but she would not straight out refuse to see her. At least not ever. Not ever. Yeah. It would be yeah well maybe let's take it slowly and you know you can come see her at this time or like you know. It's been over a month though. She would have gotten over it at some stage and she would at least
0: see her. But also it's very understandable that her daughter is the one part where so acting armor breaks mm-hmm. because that is way harder to control when you mm-hmm. worry for your child. That is, so that is true. Writing, yay. Acting, yay. Logic, yay. And as much as I enjoyed this, it also really hurt me because Mace is back to having actual emotions. Yes. Which is good to see, but also very painful.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do appreciate that she does. She, uh, Tries to deal with them.
0: Yes. We're going to talk about that when when that's up.
1: But yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. So having that said, we watch Lucifer to come back from the farmer's market. We get a quick song called Running Start." by Dotcom and Marius Delamere. And Lucifer walks into the room, pours himself a beautiful drink, and as he does so, there's a whooshing sound! We see a menidial kind of descending on the balcony. We hear him first. We hear him first, but then
0: we see him descend,
1: which is something that we have never seen before, if I'm not mistaken. And it just looks
0: weird. We've only seen him ascend before, not descend. And I was very happy to see him back. Yeah, this scene is great it's very soft the yes. interaction between the two brothers is the softest we have seen them with each other mm-hmm. to me it was extremely obvious that Amenadiel really wants to stay on earth mm. because when he says it is exactly as i remember it it was clear to me that this is not a good thing for an immortal who lived on earth where everything is so quickly changing to return to something that has not changed at all Must be the definition of boring now. Yeah. So it was very clear to me that this is where we're gonna head with Ames throughout the rest of this episode. That he's looking for a reason to stay basically. Someone needing him. Hmm. But Lucifer claims he doesn't need him because the sad sad fact is he's starting to believe Chloe. Which made it obvious to me. This is gonna not work out in this episode and this is gonna explode and this is gonna hurt him so much.
1: There is definitely a potential of a very bad road that Lucifer might head very soon. But yeah. I want to focus on a minute deal because as the last time we saw him, I didn't hate him nearly as much and I did not start <laughs> hating him again. I have to say that he is very sweet and he has these glimpses of like when he is trying to find a reason to stay stay, it's kind of like, ah, it's a little bit annoying, but also, oh, it's so sweet. Because he really cares. He half is trying to find a reason to stay, but also at the same time, I feel like he genuinely is worried that Chloe took it badly and that she is struggling and he wants to be there for Lucifer to try to Help him out. So both of these things work for me really well. Also, soft deal is best deal. True, true, true. We can move on to the club hotel weird thing with a song by beginners called my style
0: i don't have much to say in this except why the fuck do mobsters have such weird names the pool boy the knob i mean come on
1: it comes down to what how they kill people
0: allegedly kill people that was a nice touch also a really nice touch is that they're apparently a proper happy crime family Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that he was a sick bastard and it was great that he got taken out. Like, okay. But I didn't care about the actual scene. I only cared about the final moment when Chloe recoils.
1: Yeah, so I have noticed a couple of different things in this scene. One of them is the fact that they play bocce ball. Then I noticed another thing and that is immediately when Lucifer sees the food spread he kind of lingers behind and goes through it which kind the of felt weird honey. but then he brings a full-on big jar of honey and eats it and licks it off his fingers of his two fingers the entire Why? scene Why? and i'm like just stop eating the fucking honey just stop it i mean is this supposed to be a sexual thing or is this supposed to be uh i'm so. eating what Anyway, that just kind of threw me off and like, but he just he chumming it down. Like it's, he is really enjoying eating the honey.
0: With indexed middle finger, which is
1: the... Yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's, yeah, I, it was just super weird because I I deliberately like it's supposed ignored to be this. sexual. But also the way he does it, it didn't feel sexual. It was just a whole mess. However, he stops doing that because we get a little cut and then Chloe being on the phone with Dan, checking the follow-up of the case, and then, as you already mentioned, Lucifer tries to touch her and she recoils. And yes... Chloe is not okay and now we have a confirmation amongst all the red flags that we've seen so far and it just sucks so much. And
0: I know this is my repetition hill. She delivers being terrified so well and then trying to gather herself and maintaining the pretense. We just get the split second. It's so good. When we go over to the precinct, I felt this hint of a memory that the marshal is actually the bad guy. Whisper of a memory. (laughs) Because this is exactly what we had happened before in Ella's brother's episode. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, ha ha. I recognize
1: the formula. I did not exactly recognize the formula, but he did not
0: seem legit at all. I mean, Sasha Royce never seems legit, so that's just his bad boy air.
1: The first thing at all, why doesn't he believe Chloe? Why is he trying so hard to convince her that she's wrong about the gangsters. What? But also then I didn't remember him knowing about the Dornob attack, which was
0: another thing that kind of threw me off. I wasn't really sure about that one. And it was just really weird. And then we thankfully move away from the case and Lucifer tries talking to Dan and my heart just broke Mm -hmm. when Dan explicitly says we are not friends not anymore because a it is confirmation again that they were friends it is confirmation that at least in Dan's eyes they are not Mm. and he has turned fucking cruel Mm -hmm. within his grief that is what does not fit my view of his character Mm. he doesn't have the cruelty in him and this is why I'm so tentative about this whole thing and why I'm so skeptical how they're gonna explain this especially Mm. with him only being this cruel towards Lucifer because with Chloe he's completely amicable and helpful and his semi-normal self This is the moment where I
1: actually ask myself the question, why Lucifer? Why does he hate Lucifer specifically so much? Because I am all for Dan standing up for himself. But not this. We all know that Lucifer has been treating him like shit and Dan even admits it. You know, this used to be our shtick. You say something mildly insulting and then I reply with with an advice
0: or whatever. He says, I laugh it off and... That's what he doesn't do anymore, yeah.
1: Which is valid. It is valid. I can understand if he wants to stand up for himself. But this is... You said it. This is cruel. And Lucifer didn't do anything to deserve this. Lucifer has done everything he could to redeem Charlotte and bring the person who killed her to justice. And just to kind of run away from this topic for now, we can go back to Linda's.
0: I only have praise for Linda because she is truly trying to find different approaches, Mm -hmm. speak more clearly, and it works, kinda. Kinda. Because it's still Lucifer, it doesn't work all the way. Mm -hmm. I love the face that she
1: gives us at the very end. <laughs> before yes. we cut away it's like i tried i didn't think that actually kind of went okay could have gone w- worse better than expected yeah for sure i actually have written down verbatim that didn't go nearly as bad as i expected that was the phase that she given
0: but sadly this scene doesn't last very long and we go back to working the case and this is where i got really angry with dan Mm -hmm. because he is so normal and friendly with Chloe when in fact and it gets acknowledged here Chloe abandoned him in his grief and he is completely okay with that what the fuck yep and then he said something that made me mad and
1: that is the job is my therapy it is exactly what i need no job is not your therapy therapy is your therapy fuck you thank you go to therapy
0: yeah exactly and then i only have so no more chocolate cake for trixie but gelato and why did she not know gelato before does america not have italian ice cream Probably not. Who knows? I mean, sorry, we have an Italian ice cream place around every second corner or something in the city. Yeah. Well, we don't
1: have that many of them because it's fucking horrible weather here. But
0: yeah. So I was very confused that Trixie had never been in contact with gelato mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So my note here
1: is we know that Chloe went to Rome. And when I connect that knowledge with what we see at the end...
0: Oh, oh my god. How did I miss this? Yeah, it's just a little like she just kind of off. She went to the
1: fucking Vatican. Yep, and seeing the priest at the end, it's just like, oh,
0: is there? I wonder, is there any connection to these oh things? Oh my god! How did I? Think? How did I not make this connection? I'm so I'm such shit at my job. I've been to the Vatican. I've been to Rome. I should know this. Wow!
1: Wow! Listen, okay. this is why I'm here.
0: <laughs> Hot damn! To-
1: Pick up the little details, the little crumbs that you miss once in 15 episodes.
0: I feel so bad about this. Thank you. Thank you for catching this and for pointing it out because it went completely past my brain.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well then oh, they wow. enter the house and the house is a mess and we get the time jump on while staying in the same place which I feel like it haven't happened in a while this explicitly like mid episode and it used to be such a typical Lucifer cut. Mm. So I really appreciated that. And Lucifer's now there and brings out the question for Chloe. I'm going to try to take the projection of the case And use it against her. And she goes on with it.
0: She actually plays along. She works with him, but... All of this is framed with this horrifying place with all the bees and honey and <laughs> merchandise. I was just so distracted by everything in the background. Oh Why would you want to have so many bees everywhere? You're gonna die. I mean, I say that as
1: a person who's allergic to bees, but like,
0: come on. I mean, also, yes, I get that they were selling honey, but you don't have to bring your work home in this amount. I found it highly, highly distracting, but you're absolutely right. She... Plays with the, let's project our personal issues onto the case and speak in case metaphor. Mm-hmm. And so when they talk, how did she feel? Blah, blah, Lucifer suggests horror, disgust, mild arousal. Which is, I mean, kinda? <laughs> this
1: is what he expects her I to feel. And then she says what she, do you think that she says what she actually felt? Or do you think that she says what did what she th- say? She says she felt betrayed, confused, scared even. Do you think that's... Yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Yes. I would like... Accurate. We could argue that this is what... That she's suggesting what she thinks he wants to hear.
0: No, I think this is accurate. But yeah, yeah, I agree. still downplayed because I think she's not scared even, but terrified. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a PG-13 version of how she actually feels. Yeah. And of course, in this scene we get the confirmation it is the marshal!
1: Hey, fucker is lying. Yeah! <sighs> and then we have more Linda, which again, so much Linda. scene with Linda? What, what yes. the fuck? I'm enjoying this. And I really appreciate that they're using those extra seven minutes to focus on Linda, apparently. And Linda's
0: walking around the office. She's so hype, which is kind of fun, but they have their conversation they talk about language and Mezikid goes you speak Lilim and I don't remember which episode but I talk about Lilim the species of demons yeah so go back into episode I have no which number and listen to my excourse about the Lilim pretty sure it's since season one but the language she speaks is an actual language, according to IMDb, which is Afrikaans. And she says, can you understand what I am saying because I want to speak with you and you can't? I actually was going to say, I want to know what she said.
1: Because that whole situation, that whole moment, it's like a highlight of the scene for me. Absolutely. she just sounds so natural. And it just, it could be in fairness, like I do not know enough African languages to say, oh, or like enough languages in general to say this is a real language. To me, it easily could have been just something that Leslie ann made up on the spot.
0: I had to research this. This is nothing that I knew. It somehow sounds like it should be
1: really rough and bad, but also simultaneously it sounds really beautiful.
0: I like the sound of it, but I could not replicate any of the words. It just it was amazing and oh, spot on. It made me really happy. (laughs) Being of happy In general, Mace made me very happy in this scene. Not just when she tries to communicate, but also when she tells Linda to, like, okay, come come on, hit me. And... Her facial expression when Linda actually hits her right away. She is so proud of Linda in this moment. Mm -hmm. And I am still grumpy that we skipped the whole resolving their relationship. And I am not sure yet if this time jump of four weeks that we have now gotten is going to make this better for me. Because Mm -hmm. now I can imply certain things. But it's starting to work. This dynamic that we see here in the scene is giving me not original Mace Linda vibes, but evolved Mace Mm -hmm. Linda vibes. So I'm not fully on board yet, but I'm also not fully against it anymore. Yeah, that's good to hear. I actually enjoyed Amanatil showing up and being like, Oh no, stop fighting about me! (laughs) Oh, whoops, my bad, it's not actually about me. It became very clear to me that he is lonely and bored. And I do feel for him. But only until a later scene when I realized something. Okay. And then I got very angry with him. Okay. Well, to me,
1: this moment, it just confirms what we've been talking about for a while now. And that is the fact that he doesn't really have much connection here. He is not being called when something happens. He's not the first one. He's like, in a certain weird way, he's like Mace. where he's Mace no is priority. Yeah. And unfortunately,
0: he doesn't cause a scene to become someone's priority. He doesn't verbalize it as well as Mace is now able to. I have nothing on the next scene, by the way.
1: I have one note, and that is the fact that Lucifer is still on the honey train. And then uh, I had my realization, haha, I knew the Marshall stinked. And be we- <laughs> follow through on that, because obviously Ella is the most competent person in the entire precinct, clearly, and figures out where the marshal is. And before she even says anything, Chloe and Lucifer already have the
0: address and are heading to the pool. And in the pool, or at the pool, the marshal is setting up a pool boy kill, very obviously. Mm -hmm. just to point back to the mobsters which is not the dumbest idea I have a question I have many questions in this episode as you might have noticed Um, I have a question Mm -hmm. why is Lucifer so surprised that he got hurt when Chloe is standing right next to him. I don't
1: think that he's surprised. I think that he's just so wrapped up in himself and the situation and the way that he's hurting because, you know, Chloe, whatever, Chloe recoiled. I think that he doesn't think through what he's doing because he's so consumed by pain and anger. But the way he looks at his hand with the hole in it, I think it's not surprise because this whole situation to me is about distraction. About Lucifer thinking that he deserves the pain that he's getting. So to me, this look is serves me right.
0: This is the hand that Chloe recoiled from. So yep. it's fitting that this hand yep. now got damaged.
1: Yeah, I deserve this. This is what I took from
0: this scene and from this moment. It's okay. Later in the scene we have this wonderful exchange. Jesus, not quite. Which obviously with him having a literal stigmata in his head <laughs> right now was even funnier to uh, me. I
1: didn't even think of that but that gives it yet another meaning and I love it.
0: So I enjoyed that quite a bit but I feel the show now starts getting a bit over the top even for Lucifer's standards because mm. when he is outside holding the car and holding on to the lamp and uh, it is you know it... way over what even it... for or Lucifer.
1: It gave me a strong Captain America vibes. Do you know Ooh. have you seen the one where where he holds Girl. the helicopter? Yes. We all saw it and we all died when we saw it. So this gave me very strong vibes of that. But Lucifer
0: does not have Steve Rogers arms. He is also wearing a suit. Doesn't matter. Steve Rogers can wear whatever he wants and you always see his arms. That's that's true, actually. Let's not talk about... To me, actually, it was more a Jesus metaphor again because of the positioning. Because he's standing. Interesting. He's in the yeah yeah, yeah i should know what you mean yeah so that was where my brain went and the lighting and everything so this is why i say yo guys this is a bit over the top even for you guys so with the stigmata and the cross position and the yelling and the colors it's like, it's like okay calm the fuck down i see
1: you but i did not pick up on that when i was watching it to me it point. was mainly, this is more connected to the whole self destruction and wanting to self punish. And like, even though he has a massive hole in his hand, he is holding on with that hand through the broken glass to the window he's clearly in pain and he is just pushing through because he feels like he deserves the pain and he is embracing the pain and then he realizes what happens
0: and just runs away. I agree with everything you say I just feel that the depiction of it is over the top even for Lucifer's standard. And yeah, Writing I, and directing-wise. <laughs> I
1: do not disagree. I liked it, but I don't disagree with what you're saying.
0: We go into one of the most heartbreaking moments in this episode. But also one of the most beautiful moments. Oh, it's heartbreaking sad and then heartbreaking good. Mm. Because Mace seeing Trixie walking past her and then being called after. I went through so many emotions Mm. because I so desperately wanted her to be brave and reach out to Trixie Mm. but it makes sense and I actually think it was better this way for Mace that Trixie is the one calling after her yeah it's just the way she goes down onto one knee to be on equal level with Trixie and the conversation and everything was just even the way Mace manages to gloss over the whole but your mom never mind like this, this doesn't matter this is not the time and place and mm-hmm. person to bring this up yeah so oh my heart wept and broke and mended and oh mm. it was very good
1: oh. I did appreciate the very beginning of the scene where she just drops off the guy and she's like he's a bad guy I'm not your secretary figure it out It's very Mace and you can see that she's not in her greatest mood because of the situation and then she notices Trixie and doesn't make it any better. But as you said, it's just such a sweet and beautiful moment. This is a confirmation of what we were saying earlier. It is Chloe's issue. It is fucked up. Mace Gives us this face at the end. She's gonna deal with this. Mm-hmm. And I am not happy <laughs> ahead. I'm slightly worried about how she's gonna deal with it. Obviously, I am sure she's not gonna put either Trixie or Linda in danger. Or
0: Chloe. She's not gonna do anything to Chloe because she knows that would hurt Trixie. And she's not gonna hurt Trixie again. That is true. That is true. But there will be a reckoning, I am sure, of it. 100%.
1: Then we go to a different part of the precinct where Dunn is going through the case and we get a whoosh. And is just doing the rounds and looking for people to, you know, give him a reason to stay yet again. Which I kind of found sweet. I liked that... Amenadiel sees that Dunn is struggling. I see that and understand that Dan hates when people say she's in heaven now because how is that helpful to him? But I do appreciate that Amenadiel takes the time and tells him and looks him in the eye and says, you can trust me because he can. And Dan accepts it and they hug. And I'm hoping that Ames is gonna help Dan through the recovery if he's gonna stay. And that's all i have to say about this scene myself i was
0: furious with a deal in this why i was so angry because he is not checking in with dan to see if dan needs him he is going to dan to ask for advice after leaving his friend alone for four weeks the first thing he fucking does is ask for his help instead of Being there for him. And I was so angry. Amenadiel knows how much Charlotte meant to Dan. Dan is his friend. This is not the behavior of a good friend. That is true. He tries to come around then when he realizes how much Dan is struggling. But this made me legitimate furious with Amenadiel. And then he tries the she's in heaven platitude in. Dance eyes and I fully agree with Daniel's reaction that I hate it when people say this because it is a fucking platitude. If you are not a literal angel, you do not know if and who goes to heaven or if there is a heaven or whatever. And also, even if she is in heaven doesn't mean that he's not missing her. Mm-hmm.
1: It doesn't help him. It helps him to accept the fact that she is better off now, but that doesn't help his emotions.
0: And so I actually have a question because... Amenadiel says this and then very briskly tells him off. But then Amenadiel puts his hand physically on Dan's chest Mm -hmm. and says, she is in heaven, you can trust me. And Dan has a physical reaction to this. You can see how something like a weight is falling off of him. He exhales. Mm. And so I do wonder, did Amenadiel use a weird angel power on him? Did he, with the physical touch, did he change Something within Dan?
1: That is an interesting question. I didn't think of that when I was watching. But if you put it that way, I wouldn't say that he physically changed something within him. I'd say that he may have used his powers in some sort of way to calm him down and to really listen to him.
0: But that is something that we have not associated with Amenadiel's powers. So no, I am yeah, very curious if there is more to this. I have questions. I have theories. I have many opinions and emotions about this. But to end this scene on a positive note, I am very glad that Amenadiel is back. Mm-hmm. And that the advice he got from Dan also is gonna lead to him to To having stay. a reason to stay. And now Dan has his friend back. Yes. So that is a positive note to end this scene. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dan has a friend on his side who's there for him, who's not dealing with any other shit. And that is a good thing.
0: Yeah, he deserves it. Yeah.
1: Speaking of what people deserve, Lucifer is sitting at a piano at Lux, thinking, and again, that supports the theory that I have. Seems like he is deliberately trying to play the creep song while causing himself pain because of his injured hand.
0: Speaking of Chloe, here she comes. Yeah, she comes in and she delivers yet another performance. And because I had forgotten how this episode ends, I believe. Mm.
1: Yep, I have written down she better mean the being nice to him because this is gonna destroy him because he literally said, if you accept me, or maybe not verbatim he doesn't say that, but he pretty much essentially says if you accept me that all that matters and if he finds out that she does not expect him and she is only playing him for whatever reason, it's gonna fucking destroy
0: him and I do not want to see that because I actually love Lucifer. I put so much stock on the fact That she is coming to him without having to be there. Mm. Basically coming to him on her free will. Mm -hmm. Out of her free will. That it has to mean something good, in my opinion. At least in this moment. Mm. And Lucifer interacts so softly with her. And then she sits very close to him and talks with him. Reaches out and physically touches him. Which had been the issue before. So I was like, okay, this is... Sweet, but also this... Is kind of too good to be true, but I really hope it is true. And then we go over into the last scene. And the second I see she is in a church, I remembered. And fuck, I had completely forgotten the entire priest storyline.
1: Mhm. I did not. We get a great song that is very thematic. It's called The Beast by Ald Colton. Oh, wow. Really? And, yep. Perfect name. Perfect name. And when we kind of walk into the church, I... It jogged up my memory and i was like oh here we go This is the hook for the season. She is struggling and I just She is completely breaking down! Yeah, I screamed in my notes, talk to someone, Chloe. Talk to Linda, please. And then as you see somebody walking by, you could kind of think, and I remember thinking this when I first watched this, this random dude is coming up to her to talk to her and why is she sharing with the priest? And she shouldn't be telling everybody. It's just so random. And then obviously he starts talking back and you realize that they know each other and we have this whole it's by the way, it's Graham McTavish is the actor, he is brilliant, he is Scottish and he is very cool and he just delivers this moment of ominous plan. He has such gravitas to him, I love yeah. him. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? What the hell did he tell you? What, what, what is the next step? And I was just like, I just went to a like, frenzy all cups situation. Like, just a second, tell me! Just tell me everything now! But obviously I'm glad they didn't because there would be no suspense and the show would be as good as it is. But
0: yeah, this was my feelings. I was fucking blown away by the implications of this because I have praised Lauren Jorman throughout this episode, but Chloe, the character that is displaying this humongous amount of acting ability. And so I wanted to point this out once more. But as impressed as I am with her acting ability, I am so not okay with this. Because no matter what the next step is, this is going to be betrayal. And so now I ask you, why does Lucifer get betrayed by a woman every season? He gets betrayed by Mace to Amenadiel in season one he gets betrayed by mom in season two he gets betrayed by Maze to Cain in season three and now apparently he's gonna get betrayed by Chloe to this random priest
1: I'm gonna go with he is gullible he why is it always women he wants to believe that these feminine figures in his life are there for better <laughs>
0: reasons than they are so he has an Oedipus complex is what you tried to tell me
1: well he had an Oedipus <laughs> Is complex in season two, for sure. But in the other... And he did not resolve it, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. it's st- stuck with him. He loved his mother at the beginning. He believed that she betrayed him. She made him go to hell. And... That scarred him for life. And now he keeps repeating the same pattern over and over and over again.
0: There you go. Nice. Solved it. I'm gonna take that. I hadn't realized in my previous watching that he literally gets betrayed every single season by a woman.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't need a rise either, yeah.
0: So what could I say? I did not expect to have this many emotions right from the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Personally, this for me is the best season start simply because I am now already more invested into the show and storyline than I was in any of the previous season openers. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions that I mentioned repeatedly. Why is then only a dick to Lucifer and not to the other people who abandoned him for a whole fucking month? Who is the weird priest in Cahoots with Chloe? What is the next step? Is Mace truly happy now or is she pretending? Does Ames have more powers with the chest touching thing? When did Linda take kickboxing classes? So as much as I struggled with bits of season three, this seems to be at least a very nerve-wracking start and hopefully an extremely intense season. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, I have done a similar thing that you did. I have written down <laughs> my biggest questions after this episode, and they go why is Dan so angry with Lucifer? Why check in, what is the next step in of the plan? Check who is the priest? Check. And that was it for me. However, I do think that this is an amazing opener. I do appreciate that Eminadil is making a conscious choice in saying...
0: Oh yes, that's a very very good point. Thank you for pointing that out.
1: And I love how good the Linda and Mace friendship feels. We've mentioned that as well. And also I love that Trixie forgave Mace. And now my last wonder that I have, and a bit of a worry, let's be honest, is what Chloe lying about Trixie is gonna mean what is mace gonna do
0: yeah that's also a very good question
1: and with this we say thank you for listening Please find us on our various social media, we love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com.
0: If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash podcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards such as early release, merch and hours of bonus content. Yes. If that
1: sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews.
0: They really help.
1: Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal
0: recommendation. Thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.